Welcome. We are so glad you've joined us today. Are you ready for another Bayside Christian Church podcast? Let's get straight into it. Some scriptures on arise and build and look at the foundations and the motivation, not just to build a building, but to build our lives, our businesses, our ministries. We've got to have things in right order. And uh, have you noticed it's a lot easier to knock down than it is to build up? You watch those games where they're putting all those, what do they call that, where they put all those blocks together? Hey? No, not Lego. Jenga, is it? Your Jenga, yeah. And it takes, they spend about half an hour building up and then they just get one in the wrong spot and in about half a second it's all falls in a heap. And our lives are sometimes like that. We can spend a whole lot of time building, but if we're not on the right foundation using the right materials, things can go crash. You think, what happened? We just didn't build with the right materials or right foundation. Psalm 127 verse 1 and 2 said, Unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labour in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards stand watch in vain. In vain you rise early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat, for he grants sleep to those he loves. That's a good word for those who don't sleep very well. That's a promise. Take that home with you and read that over before you go to bed and you'll have a better night's sleep. It says, the Lord builds the house. We can work hard and we do our plans, but God's the one who finally establishes where it all ends up. And as believers, we can see God build amazing things in our lives, in our church and in ministries and families and businesses. And I thank God for the blessing that's over so many in our church and our community. But it says, unless the Lord builds the house, unless we work together and partner with Him, life can become so frustrating and things can just crash in a heap so quickly. So today I want to look at three uh, three or four key things. Number one, when you're building anything, you've got to have the right motivation. Is it just so I can look good? Or is it about being integrous and honouring God? Some of you know the story in Genesis 11 when uh, the people were multiplying again after the uh, Noah's Ark and the judgment of the flood that came on the earth. And uh, the people got together and God said, Fill the earth, multiply and fill the earth. But they said, no, we're going to stay together and we're going to build our own city. Look what happened, Genesis 11 verse 4. Then they said, come let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves. Otherwise we'll be scattered over the face of the whole earth. They were rebelling against what God's plan for them was. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower the people were building. That's an interesting thought. God watches what we're building in our lives. He watches what we're building and why we're building, whatever we're doing. The Lord said, if, if, it, if as one people speaking the same language they have began to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Wow. Come, let us go down and confuse their language so they will not understand each other. So the Lord scattered them from there all over the earth and they stopped building the city, and many of you know it was called Babel, Babel. So whenever you've had to learn a new language, blame those guys. That's why we have different languages. Before that, they spoke one language over the whole earth, but the people back there on the, at Babel, they were the ones who were going to build a tower to say, hey, we're greater than you, God. That's what they were saying. That was their motivation. It was all about themselves, not about others or the kingdom plan of God and they were going directly against God's plan says scatter and fill the earth so God came down I'll sort them out I'll just give them all different languages so they can't 
understand each other on the building site and it was chaos and then they spread all over the world and that's where the languages of the earth came from. That moment because they were trying to build something that wasn't God's plan. And if you try to build something that's not God's plan, sooner or later, it's not going to last. It just doesn't. And we can see that throughout our business. We see that with some people that are so successful in life. But then if they're not on a right foundation, they lose it all. It's nearly always much easier and quicker to pull something down to demolish it than it is to build something that will last. I remember years ago, we were turning a squash court in Budrum into a church complex. And uh, we had a big working bee and we announced the Sunday before, next Saturday we're going to have a working bee and we're going to knock down all these walls. We had nearly the whole church showed up with sledgehammers, with hammers, with jackhammers, anything they could find. They all just wanted to knock something down. The next week we said we're going to start building and about 10 people came to start building. I thought, what's going on here? And I realised people love to knock things down but it's a lot harder to plan and go through the whole and rebuild the right thing to make it into a church. So for the next four months, we had builders during the week and working bees on weekends and it got less and less as we got to the end. And then we finished the project, had a great big celebration. They all showed up and said, we did it. I said, you rascals, you all showed up to pull down and not many of you are here for the building. And I thought, that's just human nature. It's so exciting to knock things down, but it takes a lot longer to build it up, especially something that's going to last. And I've never forgot that experience. And uh, we were gracious and said, yeah, we did it, and celebrated together. And uh, I've learned whenever you build a big project, it's the committed core ones with the right heart will stick right through, and others will be in and out, because oh, that's, that's work and sacrifice, and that's commitment, and uh, it's an interesting journey. Proverbs 14.1 says... The wise woman builds her house, but with her own hands, the foolish one tears it down. That's a really interesting proverb. In the Passion, it says, Every wise woman encourages and builds up her family, but a foolish woman over time will tear it down by her own actions. I've seen some guys do that too. I thought, wow, God wants us to build things up in life not tear it down unless it needs to be torn down because it's finished its purpose or it's not there for the right reason. Colossians 2.6 says, My counsel for you is simple and straightforward. Just go ahead with what you've been given. You receive Christ Jesus the Master, now live, now live Him. You're deeply rooted in Him. You're well constructed upon Him. You know your way around the faith. Now do what you've been taught. School's out. Quit studying the subject and start living it and let your living spill over into thanksgiving. Some of us just want to keep learning all our life and God says, just use what I've already taught you. said, I need more faith. Yes, I do. But he says, if you use what you've got, then you'll get more. Sometimes we're so busy saying, I need to know the whole Bible before I share my faith with anyone. No, start sharing your faith. The questions that come will get you digging and that's when you'll grow. I've learned, pray the prayer of faith. So when I've, when I've got enough faith, I'll pray for someone to get healed. God says, no, just pray now and the faith will come and God will take you on a journey. And sometimes we're just waiting for it all to line up. And I've met people that they're 85 and still waiting for things to line up and that business they were going to start, it's too late now. They said, it never ever all came together. I said, yeah, but you had the vision. God gave you the plan. You just didn't start or you didn't persevere. 
And, and God says, hey, let's build together with a right motivation and we need to have a right foundation. The Amplified of that passage says, Therefore, as you've received Christ Jesus the Lord, walk in union with him, reflecting his character in the things you do and say, living lives that lead others away from sin, having been deeply rooted in him and now being continually built up in him and becoming increasingly more established in your faith, just as you were taught and overflowing in it with gratitude. Whatever you do, do it unto the Lord. Whether you're building a business, you're building a ministry, you're building a career, you're building a family, you're building a church as we're going to do over these next 12 or 18 months. Whatever we do, let's do it unto the Lord. And we're partnering with Him. Anything can happen. And boy, it's great when you build things that are based on the right foundation. So that's number two, right foundation. Matthew 16, 15 to 18, Jesus chatting to His disciples said, who do people say I am? And they're saying, well, you could be Elijah, you could be a prophet, you could be a great teacher. And then he says, but who do you say I am? Oh, it's always fun when it's everyone else's question. But when it becomes your question to answer, you ever had Jesus say, well, yep, it's great for everyone else to worship, but where's your heart today? Why aren't you worshipping? I don't feel like it. He says, I want you to worship and open your heart because that's the doorway for you to grow into more freedom. And so the Lord sometimes comes and says, come on, let's build, let's grow. So he goes to Peter, but you, who do you say I am, Jesus? Simon Peter spoke up and said, just like Peter always did, there's always one in the crowd that's got the quick answer. You're the anointed one, the son of the living God. He got it right. Jesus replied, you are favoured and privileged Simeon, son of Jodan, for you didn't discover this on your own, but my Father in heaven has supernaturally revealed it to you. I give you the name Peter, a stone, and this truth of who I am will be the bedrock foundation on which I build my church, my legislative assembly, and the power of death will not be able to overpower it. Wow, he said, I'm going to build my church. The gates of hell will not prevail against it. And I've realized that gates don't come chasing you. You go to gates and you break them down or you get through. Some of you are scared the enemy's after them and, and chasing us. Hey, Jesus is victorious. And when we're in him, his kingdom is powerful. And we are overcoming the schemes and the people's lives that are held in darkness and bondage. The church, we need to not pray for victory. We pray from a place of victory. It's a different mindset of faith. Come on, let's live from a place of victory that Jesus already won and let's pray and speak and live from a place of victory, not asking God for victory. And I tell you, when you do that, God can't help but come along and say, oh, I see faith there. Let's come and let's partner together and see the breakthroughs happen. And you just got to sometimes persevere. And I want to encourage you, pray and speak from a place of victory, not praying for victory. Because in the spirit, we already have it. We just got to keep living it until we see it come to pass. And I really believe God's stirring us as a church to step up and see his kingdom overflow. We're going to live out of that. So Peter had this revelation. The Greek text does state that Peter is the rock on which the church is built. However, the implication is that it is Peter's revelation from the Father and his confession of Jesus as the Son of God that becomes the bedrock foundation. For the church, the earliest writings of the church fathers all acknowledge that the rock is Jesus Christ, not Peter. The Greek word for church is ecclesia, 
and means legislative assembly or selected ones. This is not a religious term at all, but a political and governmental term that is used many times in classical Greek for a group of people who have been summoned and gathered together to govern the affairs of a city. For Jesus to use this term means he's giving the keys of government and authority in his kingdom to the church. Folks, we, don't li- we live way below what God's given us sometimes because we just don't understand the power of what he's partnering with us to build his kingdom in this city and this community and this nation. And I believe God's stirring us to, to live lives that honour Jesus in our households, our families, our businesses, in our ministries, in our churches, so that there's an influence of governance over our city because we shift the atmosphere. We shift things by our lives and our words and our actions, by the way we love one another and we live out of victory, freedom. And so often as a church, I I hear Christians pray and often we're praying for victory. I say, come on, we have the victory. Lord, show us how to walk into it and see it come to pass. We ask and we live and see it come to pass. God's saying, come on, let's build together. Let's partner with him for the kingdom of God. So we need a right motivation and we need a right foundation. And that's what God gives us. Of all the force of hell, will never have the power to win a victory over it. There is no power of darkness that can stop the advancing church that Jesus builds. And we've got to live with that reality. doesn't minimize the schemes of the enemy and the challenges and the brokenness and the addictions and strongholds. doesn't minimize that in any way. But we need to come from a place of leadership and authority because that's what God's given us. He said, I've given you the keys of the kingdom. Come on, let's grab a hold by faith to live it out. And I believe God's taking us on this journey to build us so that we're getting ready to build a larger facility so we can have greater influence in our city for the kingdom of God. And we've got to grow on the inside here and here to be ready for that. Otherwise, we'll have a bigger building and people will come, but we haven't really grown and changed on the inside. And I believe this year is our year of preparation to arise and build in our hearts, our souls, our minds, our faith, our finances, our provision, our authority, and then God will release us into a larger facility and hundreds more people so that we can shake this city for the glory of God. That's what God says, arise and build. Arise and build. No longer comfortable Christianity. I'm sorry, but we're going in a journey and we need to live in the overflow. And when we do, God starts to sort our lives out. He really does. Matthew 16, 18 in the message says, This is the rock on which I'll put together my church, a church so expansive with energy that not even the gates of hell will be able to keep it out. Wow. That changes your perspective on what church is. It's not just getting together and clapping our hands and singing a few songs and hearing a message and going home and living our lives. No, we have got a calling to be the people of God on this earth, to be the gateway of heaven, as I shared a few weeks ago. And God's given us a perspective on our lives, and I believe he wants us to grow into that, live in the freedom of it. Matthew 7.24 talks about the foundation. Everyone who hears my teaching and applies it to his life can be compared to a wise man who built his house on an unshakable foundation. Wow. When the rains fell and the floods came, with fierce winds beating upon his house, it stood firm because of its strong foundation. 
For everyone who, but everyone who hears my teaching and does not apply it to his life can be compared to a foolish man who built his house on sand. When it rained and rained and the flood came, with wind and waves beating upon his house, it collapsed and was swept away. Now you can apply it to our lives or people's lives around us. We've seen people that have built a quick building, fame and fortune in their lives, some pressures come, storms come, not a good foundation, their lives crumble in a heap. Their businesses fall apart. Even sometimes people's supposed gifts from God get tarnished because they haven't got a right foundation of heart service. It's not about you and me, it's about him and we partner together. And some of us, you might be in a place today saying, hey, things are just wobbly. The first thing I do is say, God, is my motivation right and is my foundation right? And then the third thing is when you're going to build a building, what materials are you going to use to build with? I remember years ago, we had a house getting built near us and this truck came with all these huge big pieces of foam, a whole truck full of foam they were going to build the house out in our street. We call it the Esky House. That's what the kids call it. I hadn't seen them building buildings with all this foam, big thick sheets of foam, and that was the main structure of the house with a, a bit of framing, and that was the whole thing. Instead of using bricks, they used foam. But they put the right supports around. The house is still standing. But I thought, wow, is that the right materials to build with? I'm still not convinced, but it's standing anyway. I'm not going to build a house or a church of foam. But... You've got to use the right materials. 1 Corinthians 3.6 gives us an understanding of building with right materials. I was the one who planted the churches, as Paul speaking, 1 Corinthians 3.6 six, six onwards. And Apollos came and cared for it, but it was God who caused it to grow. Wow. So one sowed, another water, but God caused it to grow. This means the one who plants is not anybody special, nor the one who waters, for God is the one who brings the supernatural growth. Now the one who plants and the one who waters are equally important and on the same team. The enemy will try and get you thinking, well, evangelism is the most important, or discipleship, or prayer, or worship, or uh, connecting with people, or equipping and teaching. Hey, we're all on the same team. They're all really important. Not one's more important than the other, but you do need them all. Then it goes on and says, but each will be rewarded for his own work. We are co-workers with God and you are God's cultivated garden, the house he is building. God has given me unique gifts as a skilled master builder who lays a good foundation. Apostle Paul, he was an apostle. He'd, God has shown him how to build churches and they shook whole cities in their community. They say the church at Ephesus grew to be a half a million in strength and it was one of the main cities of that, the known world then. And it turned cities upside down because the people learned to build with God and be led by the Spirit and they learned to do it in His order and they shook and took over the whole nations that they were in. Somewhere on the line we've lost some of the keys and God teaches how to rise and build again with His wisdom and grace. It goes on. Afterward another craftsman comes and builds on it. So builders beware, let every builder do his work carefully according to God's standards. For no one is empowered to lay an eternity foundation other than the great, the good foundation that exists, which is 
Jesus Christ. So if Jesus isn't at the center of your life, you can be very successful in all sorts of areas in this life, but it's not going to last. Definitely won't last for eternity and sadly often crumble somewhere along the journey of life. But if our families are based on God's principles and Jesus' word and ways, there's a place for blessing and strength to come. Doesn't mean you don't have challenges and storms, but you will stand. That's the key. The quality of materials used by anyone building on this foundation will soon be made apparent. Whether it has been built with gold, silver and costly stones or wood, hay and straw. Their work will soon become evident for the day will make it clear because it will be revealed by blazing fire. That's an interesting thing, eh? The fire of persecution, the fire of storms that come. And the fire will test and prove the workmanship of each builder. If his work stands the test of fire, he will be rewarded. If his work is consumed by the fire, he will suffer great loss Yet he himself will barely escape destruction like one being rescued out of a burning house. Wow, we need to build with the right materials. Right materials, you say, what are they? It's integrity, it's character, it's faith, it's grace, it's love, it's mercy, it's hope, it's consistency, it's honesty. All of those things are great materials to build with. It's the power of the Holy Spirit, it's the supernatural of God. Workers have different gifts and abilities, but true growth of God's kingdom is brought by divine power. No one is a superstar. We're all members on God's team. We need to understand the power of that. God raised up leaders, but no superstars in his kingdom. When everyone becomes a superstar, and you hear the, the media about sports people, they used to be stars. Now they're all superstars. I'm not sure what they're going to use next. But they've all become superstars when they were only stars two years ago. <laughs> and the same with movies. And it's like this whole hero mentality, but it gets totally out of line in the body of Christ. We're all members and we're all serving whatever our gifts and heart and compassion, whether you're in the front or the back, on the sides, out of you, this is the kingdom of God gets built. And then it says, Paul's language seems to be anticipating his next subject, the church as God's true temple. There's a reference to the Temple of Solomon, which was built using gold, silver, and costly stones. Wisdom will build her house with divine substance. Gold stands for redemption's uh, fruit. Sorry, for divine, gold stands for divine substance. Silver stands for redemption's fruit. And transformed lives are costly stones. That's what the meaning of those are. Gold, silver, and precious. I'll say them again. Divine substance is gold. Redemption's fruit is silver. Remember, 30 pieces of silver to sell Jesus. You'll see that right throughout um, Scripture. And it says that the costly stones are transformed lives of you and I. Wood, hay and straw are emblems of the works of the flesh. The building materials of men, not of God. They grow up from the ground which God cursed. It's both quality and durability that God commends. Fire will cause the better material to glow brighter, but the inferior material will be consumed. When gold's put in a fire, it just gets more purified and brighter. When precious stones are put in a fire, it, it gets rid of all the dross around them and you see them shine. Wow. That's how God says that's what you need to build our lives with and our character and our ministries and our families on. 
How we build and what we build matters to God. Note that it's possible to build on the true foundation of Christ, but with the wrong materials. I've seen people with really good foundation in Jesus, but they haven't learnt to build with right materials because they, they're afraid of rejection, so they become people pleasers and they do everything to impress others. That's wood, hay and stubble because it's going to burn up. And sometimes we, we build with stuff that's not honouring to God. We sometimes use our natural gifts, but they're not surrendered to the Lordship of Jesus, so they become tainted. And it's about what we've built instead of who He is and what we've partnered together to build. And some of us sadly have been through the pain of that. We've watched people who really genuinely built, had a foundation of Jesus and they're saved and transformed, but then they haven't learned how to build with the right materials and they work hard for 10 years and they say, it's not worth it. People get frustrated and lose hope when they build with things that aren't producing good fruit. And I've learned with building, I'm not much of a builder, but I do build fences and I do landscaping. I'm not really good when it comes to houses. I get carpenters to come and help me there and builders. But I've learned if you're going to build a fence with rock or stone, it takes a lot longer. It's a lot harder work and it's a lot slower. You can whack something up with some treated pine palings and in a day you can have a whole fence done but five years later you've got to replace it because it's worn out if you want to build with costly stones gold and silver sometimes it takes longer but boy it's worth it that's why God's never in a rush we are he's molding our characters he's building us that's why I shared last week God gave us the vision 17 years ago to build another church we're getting ready to do it, it takes a long time Sometimes it takes a long time to build stuff in your life, but don't give up. We're going to finish this message next week, but I just want to share one, two key points before we go. Fourthly, if God wants us to build the body of Christ, the church, I want to just read one verse out of this, and I'm going to pick it up again next Sunday. Ephesians 4.11 says, And He has appointed some with grace to be apostles, some with grace to be prophets, some with grace to be evangelists, some with grace to be pastors, and some with grace to be teachers. And their calling is to nurture and repair all the holy believers to do their own works of ministry so that as they do this, they will enlarge and build up the body of Christ. We're all to build up the body of Christ, strengthen, build, strong, a good foundation so that others who are touched by the overflow of our church and our ministries and our relationships, they're drawn in because they see something healthy and solid and strong and integrous. These grace ministry will function until we all attain oneness in the faith, until we all experience the fullness of what it means to know the Son of God. And finally, we become one perfect man with the full dimensions of spiritual maturity and fully developed in the abundance of Christ. Verse 14, And then our immaturity will end, and we will not be easily shaken by trouble, nor led astray by novel teachings or by false doctrines. Of, of deceivers who teach clever lies. But instead, we'll remain strong and always sincere in our love as we express the truth. All our direction and ministry will flow from Christ and lead us deeper into Him, the anointed head of His body, the church. Verse 16, For His body has been formed in His image and is closely joined together and constantly connected as one. And every member has been given divine gifts to contribute to the growth of all. And as these gifts operate effectively throughout the whole body, we are all built up and made perfect in love. Hey, if you're a believer, God's called you to be a part of building His body, His church, His kingdom. 
It's not just about getting saved. That's a ticket to heaven. That's coming through the doorway. Then the journey of growth and love and relationship begins. And then many of us have learned that years ago. Let's grow and serve. If you're not involved in some area of ministry or service or on a team or being trained, I encourage you to go and see the guys down the back or outside. We've got a moment of things. Hey, I want to connect into a life group. Or I'd love to just help serve and greet people at the door. Because once we're born again and God starts to restore our lives, then we are called to all find a spot to build. Some of you, God's blessed you financially and you're a contributor. Last week when I mentioned we're going to take a special offering in June, some people already are starting to put money aside for that, for June, because they're contributors. That's their gift. They say, oh, I'm going to work some extra hours. I'm going to put some of that aside. And so they immediately go to that. Others of you think, oh, mate, my budget's tight now. How can we give something extra? You obviously don't have the contributing gift, but we can all learn to be generous and share what we have. Other people, we talk about evangelism. Some say, yeah, let's win from people to Jesus. And others say, Mate, I'm terrified of talking to a stranger. It's the different gifts release us to flourish. And I want to encourage you, let's find our gift and let's build the body of Christ. I'm going to pick it up next week and talk some more about that. There's a scripture in Hebrews 10 says, stir each other up and find ways that you can encourage one another to build each other up. And it says, don't give up meeting together as some do but do it even more as the pressure builds in the last days I love those who are in cyberland today watching us online or on podcast I want to say that's great that you can connect but it's never going to be the same as being actually in church or in a life group or on a team or in a prayer group where you're actually connecting and flowing together it's a good way to stay connected but it's never a substitute for being a part of the body of Christ. It's like if you're part of a family, you don't sit out on the front yard and hope someone throws a bit of food to you. You actually go in and sit down and eat at the table. (laughs) And God's calling us to join together. Wow, wow, wow. So I want to ask you today, have you got a right motivation for building your life or your family or business or ministry? Number two, is the foundation right? And thirdly, what sort of materials are you working with? Thank you for joining us. The Bayside Christian Church community aims to transform our city and beyond with the life and power of Jesus Christ. If you want to know more or just keep in touch, check us out at www.baysidechristianchurch.com.au or follow us on our social media sites at Bayside Christian Church.